you ever wanted to know the secrets to successfully juggling the demands of building a business and marriage and raising a family? If so, then this podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Monica Tanner, a wife, mama to four kids, and a relationship and intimacy expert. My mission is to ensure that passionate entrepreneurs like you never have to choose between your dedication to your family and your passion for your message. Having it all is absolutely possible. Welcome to On the Brighter Side, Marriage for Entrepreneurs. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to On the Brighter Side, Marriage for Entrepreneurs. I am your host, Monica Tanner, and I'm super excited about our guests today. They are Jessica and Sean Weeks, who are the creators of the Confident Marriage Podcast. They've been married for six years and have overcome some incredible obstacles. I'm really excited to hear more about their journey. Please help me welcome Jessica and Sean. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. How about you? Good. Good. Really, really good. So let's start by just having you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and your family. Absolutely. So uh, Sean and I have been married for six years. We have uh, two children, one from a previous marriage. She's 15 and almost a five-year-old Tasmanian devil son. He's crazy. Very crazy. <laughs> I'm in college full time and uh, Sean is in the construction industry. Very good. Okay, well, I'm excited to hear about what you're studying. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit about your Confident Marriage podcast, how it started, and like what your goal is for your listeners. The Confident Marriage podcast, it was really born out of a desire, a passion, a a need to help others. We went through some pretty traumatic times in our marriage. And through that time, there was a lot of searching and Uh, not really being able to find the resources, the tools, the advice, the help that we needed with those, with those situations. It was almost non-existent. And though there was program after program and therapist after therapist that promised the world to us, we never walked away from anything with concrete help with anything that really gave us something that we could walk away with and actually utilize. So we felt like we were talking about our problems a lot. We do a lot of talking and talking, but we weren't getting a lot of concrete, you know, not a lot of meet and we were leaving counseling sessions and therapy sessions feeling worse than when we started or wondering okay we talked about it but now what do we do they I don't feel like we got anything to do right so mm-hmm. so once we changed and we discovered a, a really healthy place for us not just as a married couple but individually that's when our desire and our need to share with others what we learned and put together all the bits and pieces that we picked up from years and years of programs and books and therapy and just create a concise, like a one stop for people to, to get all that info that it took us years to to get and to understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. I'm eager now to dig into some of the things that you guys went through and what you've learned along the way. So let's start all the way at the beginning, Jessica. I read that your mother was only 15 when she had you. Can you talk about your upbringing a little bit and kind of what that was like for you to be raised by such a young mother? Yes. My mother was a child when she had me and she really did try hard as a child to give me the life that a 15 year old girl would think that a child needs and that's a father and a home those abilities are not really available to children and so she made some mistakes along the way trying to provide that to me and it landed her and I both in uh, emotionally and physically abusive relationships where she was with other men and 
there were times of sexual abuse for me. And eventually she just felt like the best thing for me was to have me go live with my grandmother. And so uh, it was really hard stepping away from my mom in that sense, but it was probably one of the best things that happened to me. My mother did struggle with addiction for a while. My uh, stepfather at the time, severe addiction and alcoholism. And so I was a pretty rebellious teenager. Did a she lot leave of- home when she was 15? Was she on her own with you? She was. She was on her own. There were times that we lived in a shed in someone's backyard. And uh, so my, my grandmother was also an alcoholic. And so she, she sobered up when my mom became pregnant with me, but she still had years of recovery that she needed to get under her belt. Yeah, my, my mom was out on her own with me and she tried. And uh, it wasn't until I was 17 and I just kind of looked around at my life and said, this is not the life I want to have. And this is not going to define who I am. And this isn't going to tell me who I'm going to become. I'm not going to be a statistic. Yeah. I'm going to decide that and I'm going to make my life. And so instead of using it as a crutch as I was, you know, poor me, I stepped up and I made some huge changes in my life and decided that I was going to create my life. I was going to mold it the way that I wanted it. And that's where my journey began. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, at what point did you guys meet? So you made this incredible decision when you were 17, right? But I think that you still had some trials to overcome before before Sean came into the picture, right? Sort of. So I was married uh, before him. And so go back to the beginning. So our families were very close when we were young. Okay. I spent time at her grandmother's house when she was living with her grandmother and visiting Mm -hmm. her. So I think the first time we met, we were... I was 10 and you were 13. Yeah. So we kind of grew up around each other and had kind of a... As teenagers, a a relationship. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. I I had been in love with Sean since the day I had met him. As as a 10-year-old little girl, I was just a huge crush. I cracked eggs on his head for his birthday. (laughs) I threw pillows at him. But he he went a different direction in his life. We both took different turns and went through a lot of trials and tribulations. Yeah. The first day I met her... I was, she, she, I, I was a little stuffy as a kid and she was annoying the crap out of me. And I went and complained to her grandmother and her grandmother looked at me and said, oh, the two of you will probably be married someday. And no. Yes. Is your grandma still alive? Like, is she, does she know you guys are married? Okay, that's oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I was married previously before Sean, you know, we kind of went our separate directions. There was always something there. But we're very open about it in our podcast. He was uh, heavily into addiction. And um, I, of course, was going a different direction in my life. I I wasn't going to go that route. Things between my husband and I at the time did not work. He he really struggled with some heavy demons of his own. And for 16 years, we really, really tried. And we had a daughter together. And I, again, I just another turning point in my life where I said, I need to make changes. This Mm -hmm. isn't going to work for me anymore. It's not healthy for me. And we both agreed it was amicable. And we both decided to divorce. And a couple months later, Sean and I ran into each other again at a family event. Mm -hmm. And it was just that whole silly fairy tale sparks flying and it was your grandma like I called it I called it you guys yes yes not at first well yeah not at first but she definitely it was New Year's Eve and she was trying to keep us separated because I wasn't completely divorced yet and I wasn't exactly I hadn't exactly been living the greatest life 
for years before I My husband and I were separated and uh, in the process of a divorce. And my, my grandmother is a, a very fiery Hispanic woman. And she said, Jesse, I see it. Stay away till it's done. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to meet your grandma. She's a fireball. She's one of a kind. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So you guys met long, long, long ago. We've we've gone separate directions. We've made interesting choices. Now you meet again at a family event. What was it that first attracted you to each other? Like, like, was it instant? Like, did you have a conversation? Tell me how it happened. I'm going to let you take this one. So there had always been something between us and we'd seen each other over the years. And I remember thinking so many times watching her and her husband interact and just thinking, he doesn't deserve her. I wish that was me. And so at the family event, hearing that her marriage was over and just talking with her, interacting with her, there was something bigger than both of us at work that we could both feel. And it was just this incredible pull and incredible draw. And I think we both left that event knowing that it was time and we were going to make it happen. Yeah, we, we didn't, we didn't lead on to one another that we were each feeling that we kept it very friendly and just how are you doing wasn't until later when we started dating that we looked back on that night and we both shared the exact same feelings and thoughts and emotions and it was definitely something bigger than us oh gives me goosebumps okay so i know you had a rocky start though like everything wasn't like rainbows and unicorns the minute you guys decided to be together so talk to us a little bit about those challenges that you guys faced give me kind of a play-by-play like what you're learning and you know how you're dealing with these things well so i came from a broken home and i turned to drugs pretty early uh 14, 15 years old. And so I had been in and out of some pretty heavy drug abuse my whole life, probably, oh, a little over 20 years of drug abuse. So I had gotten to a place in my life where I had sort of come out of the major part of it, but was still definitely an addict and abusing substances. And, you know, I didn't tell her about it when we got together. I thought he was clean. That's the story I got. And he looked clean. He looked a lot better than he had in years. So I I fell for it. And so I'm sure, as you know, there's a lot of unhealthy behaviors that go along with addiction. And it's not just the substance abuse that's the problem with addicts. So I brought a lot of unhealthy behaviors in and a lot of emotional immaturity. So there was quite a bit of lying. There was quite a bit of deceit. There was pornography use behind her back and a little bit of drug use behind her back and just not being emotionally ready to be in a marriage. Uh, When we got together, our emotional maturity levels were like, the screen probably isn't big enough to show the difference, but (laughs) you know, I would probably have the emotional maturity of a 14 year old and she was on on a whole different level than me, but I tried to present myself as someone different than I was and tried to hold on to that illusion. And, you know, as with all deceit and lying, even if you, even if the lies aren't present, you know, out in the open, it affects your relationship in so many ways. For sure. So what was that like for you? And then when did the bottom drop out? Like, was it just not going to work anymore? So I took for granted the fact that I had known him my whole life. I didn't know him. So with that in mind, I I didn't take the time to get to know him. And we both kind of jumped into it. And we moved very quickly. Six months later, my divorce was final. We moved in together. Six months after that, we were married. At our On our honeymoon, I became pregnant. I, I kind of, my gut was telling me the whole time, I'm crazy in love with this guy, but something 
isn't quite right. And so it was a couple weeks before our wedding and we were laying in bed one morning and I looked at him and I said, Sean, I can't, I can't help you. If you're not honest with me, you don't let me. And I don't know where it came from. I didn't have, I didn't know anything. I had no inclination. I just, something was speaking through me. Maybe my gut, my intuition, a higher power. I, I don't know. But something pushed me to say, and it just came out of nowhere. And he had confessed that he was still in his addiction. And uh, later that night, I found out about, uh, he was in school full-time for uh, registered nursing. And I found out about a woman he had been talking to. And it just kind of... We didn't have a moment where I confessed everything or everything came right. out. I, I did it completely the, the wrong way to do something like this. And it was like a series of traumatic... Uh, events for me yeah. series of traumatic uh, revelations yeah and so thinking that was it and he was going to get clean and get in the program and this you know we can get past this woman we got married I'm pregnant I have our son and two months later is that's when the snowball of lies just started pouring out for about a year and a half two years of just nonstop lie after lie and then lie on top of lie discovery after discovery. Mind you, I just had a baby. So if you're a woman, you know, your emotions are already a mess. And I had a complicated pregnancy. I was on strict bed rest from four months pregnant and I almost lost my son and I almost lost my life, yeah. uh, which had happened with my daughter. I went into premature labor with her and actually had her at six months. So needless to say, I was not well for a while after that. And it What kept you around? Like what made you just not be like, I'm out of here? <sighs> I can't tell you for sure other than I don't believe in just walking away like that. I don't believe that when you bow to someone that you should just give up that quickly. Everybody deserves a chance. Everybody deserves the opportunity. I made him a promise. And even though he wasn't keeping his promises to me, I was going to hold my word and keep mine to him. If there came a point where I had to walk away, I knew that that was going to be evident to me when I was ready. I just stuck out until either something changed or something told me it's time to go. And he changed. What did that commitment mean to you, Sean? Well, she believed in me. And that's something that I didn't get a whole lot of growing up. And she is an incredible woman and she's been my strength through all of it. And it took me a while <laughs> and it took a lot of patience on her part and a lot of work on both our parts. So it meant everything to me. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> So going through all of that together, you obviously learned, I'm sure, a ton. And now you have this podcast called The Confident Marriage. Tell me what that means to you guys, like having gone through all of that. The Confident Marriage, the foundation of it, it's honesty. It's unfiltered, untainted, and complete and utter honesty. When you accomplish that foundation, everything else just falls into line. And it's so much harder than you think it is because imagine being able to tell your spouse that you're not happy in bed or that you're finding yourself attracted to someone else at work or that you're struggling with porn addiction or that maybe as a mother, you feel like you're just utterly and completely failing your children. Think about that complete and utter vulnerability that you give to one person. That changes the whole game. The communication is raw. You can talk about anything, intimacy, finances, your children, your goals, your dreams, your expectations. You can work out the differences instead of holding them in and then creating this mountain of invisible mess. So for me, 
The confident marriage was created to base a foundation completely on honesty. And when you accomplish that, it literally just, everything starts to fall into place. There's still work. It's still hard, but you've taken away all the roadblocks. You've taken away all the difficulty of it and you've just made it raw and pure. And that's what it means to me. He has his own little twist to it. Well, I think a big part of it also is that each spouse needs to be constantly committed to working on themselves in the marriage. Marriage is a lot of work. It is the most wonderful thing that you can have, but it is probably one of the hardest things you can have. So I guess the confident marriage to me would be being confident in knowing you can talk to your spouse about anything and they're going to talk to you about anything and being confident in the fact that they're going to continually be trying to improve themselves and continually putting the work in. You have have to be intentional every day, every day. Even when you don't want to be. Even especially when you don't want to be. So the theme I'm, I'm feeling here with you guys is there's been a lot of healing. Like there's been a lot of pain on both sides and you've been able to heal it through your marriage, which I think is so beautiful. I know for me coming from a little bit of a broken home as well, there's been a lot of healing that's happened in my marriage. So what's your message to married couples who are out there and they are in the thick of it, right? And, and they're healing. Like what's your message to them? I'm like, how do they create a space of love and unconditional love and healing in their marriage so that they get this kind of a result? Complete and utter acceptance, surrender, because we don't have, as we know during this pandemic, we don't have control over everything. When you can accept, when you can surrender, when you can forgive. And one of the one of the most powerful things that was ever told to me, you don't necessarily forgive for the other person. You forgive for yourself, for your well-being, for your peace, and for your happiness. When you can be selfish like that to be unselfish, that is a pivotal point in healing, acceptance, forgiving, and surrender. And things just kind of start to work itself out. Focus on yourself, your well-being, your health, your happiness, your children. Make sure that you are keeping your side of the street clean, meaning, well, I don't want to be religious, but I guess do unto others as you would want done unto you. Do to your spouse as you would want done to you. Mm -hmm. something that I had to hold on to for a long time when there was a lot of resentment and anger and frustration and I wanted revenge and I wanted to kick and I wanted to scream and I wanted to cry was how would I want to be treated and forgive them. That's my message. Yeah, that's so good. Talk to me about boundaries. Did you ever have to set any boundaries or, you know, to just protect yourself from, from the harm and the hurt that you were feeling through all of that? I did. Unfortunately, um, Sean didn't know how to respect boundaries. So the boundaries that I would lay down for a long time were crossed. And so I hate for it to sound so parental, but there were consequences to that. And unfortunately, I had he had to learn and I had to teach him what I was going to accept and what I wasn't. And so when I say consequences, I don't mean in in terms of hurting them back or doing things that are cruel or harmful to them. I mean, in terms of, for instance, when he was manipulative or he was gaslighting me, I would say, I I would call him out on it. You're manipulating me right now. You're gaslighting me right now. That's abusive and I'm not going to take it. We're done with this conversation until you can be healthy with me. And I'd get up and walk away. So I had to enforce my boundaries quite a bit. And there were boundaries with lies. You are, you know, 
lies are not okay to me. You're crossing my boundaries. I'm, I, I need you to step back for a little while and we're going to have to retake a look at what we're doing here and do it differently. There was a requirement that he had to be in the program and working with a sponsor. That was a boundary of mine because that was the personal help that he needed. Mm-hmm. And there were boundaries for myself that I wasn't going to allow myself to get dragged into conversations that were emotionally draining, that I needed to continue therapy and seek help myself. So it looked a little different than typical relationships, but there was a lot of unhealthy things taking place. So I had to be a little bit more intent, I guess you would say. Yeah. So what was that like for you, Sean, to learn about boundaries and and to be held accountable and all of those things, but still loved unconditionally? Because this is incredible. Like this dynamic is not common, I would think. No, it was a whirlwind for a couple of years. And I came into the relationship not knowing how to respect boundaries and not knowing how to set boundaries in my own. And so it was a long process of learning. There were also a big part of it was because of the trust issues that I'd caused, you know, mm-hmm. learning to be accountable in all mm-hmm. things. Yeah. It took a lot of work and a lot of time, but like with anything else, uh, you have to dedicate yourself to it because I did see that she would love me unconditionally through anything. And so I had to put in the time and whenever I would get frustrated or upset at what I would have to do, I'd have to remind myself, look, you're the one that put yourself in this situation. You're the one that caused this. So you need to put in the work to fix it. So it was stressful and agonizing and it hurt both of us. And it was also wonderful and beautiful and healing all at the same time. (laughs) And some days were at one end of the spectrum and some days we're at the other end and and we still go through our we still go through our bad days we're we don't and we say it on the podcast all the time we are by no means a finished product and by no means perfect and that's where as i said constant work constant diligent well i think your story definitely brings a lot of hope for anyone who's struggling with anything in their marriage right that unconditional love like you said and forgiveness and being able to surrender and accept all of those things i I love your message like i'm really excited about this i'm also excited that jessica you're studying to be a marriage and family therapist which is really exciting. I I can't think of anyone more qualified in the world now. I'm just like, give her her diploma, right? So can you talk about what draws you to that and and how you think your experiences have truly prepared you to help couples going through these types of challenges? Yeah, I gotta say, it's funny you say that because I still see a therapist and she knows I'm in school for therapy. Yeah. And she says the exact same thing. She says, you're just going to rock it. You're going to be amazing. Therapy was not my first choice of career. I was going to be a special education teacher and suffer from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, and at times pretty deep depression. I've had a difficult life. I'm allowed to be a little messed up. The problem is the stigma around mental illness and the whole idea of what it's really like it's untrue, it's ugly, and it's sad. Not to mention the help out there. I can't stress enough, you really need to interview your therapist and make sure it's a good fit because it can be such a beautiful and wonderful and healing experience to see a therapist and it can also do the opposite and damage you more. So with what I've been through and knowing that there's a need for people out there who understand what it's like to go through these things, I may not be able to understand what it's like to be a schizophrenia. I may not understand what it's like to be bipolar. 
but I understand what it's like to be under the line of that stigma. And I can understand the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions that kind of go along with that. And my thought is one day I thought if I ever needed heart surgery, would I want a surgeon who just studied it? Or would I want a surgeon who's experienced it and knows what they're doing? I feel like therapy is the same way. I don't think that all therapists have, have those experiences. Some are very natural. I really feel like I'm a natural at it. I have always loved human behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, psychology has always been a hobby of mine. I, I'm drawn to it. I understand it as if it's my first language. So when I decided to become a therapist, it was instant, instant knowing, almost like I had met my soulmate. That's where I needed to be. That's where I wanted to be. That's where my passion is, is helping others. And I won't be able to change the world and I won't be able to change the stigma about mental health, but helping people, that's even if I help just two people in my entire lifetime, that makes everything I do every day worth it. Yeah. What do you think is one thing that people could take from here, from this conversation that we've had that could strengthen their marriage, but also help them in any endeavor that they're doing business or, you know, writing a book, getting their message out into the world or otherwise, what is your one piece of advice? Utter and complete balance, time management, like anything in life, when you are passionate about something, you have to be dedicated and you have to push through the hard times because no matter what you do, whether it's a mom, a wife, a husband, a business owner, you have to push through those hard times, constantly bettering yourself as a person in every aspect of your life, learning, engaging those balance between the two is so important. I have a rule of thumb. And that's when I feel like I've spent too much time on one thing, chances are I am and I need to step back and do something different. That's my clue right there. <laughs> How about you, Sean? What do you think that people could take from this that will strengthen their marriage and help them push the needle forward in their business? Um, so I'll piggyback off what Jessica said. And so I like to look at it as you have a set amount of energy that you can put out into the world and into the things around you. And if you're putting too much energy into one thing, that means it's lacking somewhere else. So that balance really comes into play. You have to make sure that you're balancing the kids with your spouse, with your career, with your personal time, with anything. It's all a balancing act. And it's so hard to achieve that perfect balance every day. But it's really, really important because if you're putting your energy into something, it's getting taken away from something else. So that and just being committed to constantly doing the work, it's mm -hmm. so cliche, but you really do get out what you put in. You really do. Is why he's my better half. That's a quotable. You get out what you put in. I mean, it is a little bit cliche, but I would quote you on that. I love that so much. Tell us where my listeners can find you guys, learn more about your story and eventually get your services, Jessica. Like, let me know when you graduate because I will send a slew of people your way. Our website is The Hub. It's got everything on it. It's uh, www.theconfidentmarriage.com spelled just as it would be spelled. We've got our social media uh, page about us. We've got resources, our podcast, ways to contact us. That is our hub. It's all there. And we're on all the major podcast platforms. The Perfect. Company, the Confident Marriage Podcast. Yes, just search it. And Alexa, run Alexa. Yeah. Play <laughs> me the Confident Marriage Podcast. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for your time today. And we will, we will catch up with you soon. Thank you. Right, thank you very much. Okay, those guys are seriously so inspiring. We recorded this interview a few months back. 
and listening to it again, I just want to thank both Jessica and Sean for their honesty and their vulnerability. And as someone who believes that all wounds can be healed within the bounds of a loving, trusting, and compassionate marriage, I feel like their message is one of hope and resilience and forgiveness And I just want to applaud their efforts to offer hope to anyone who might be struggling. I also want to remind you that the doors to training in the art of sex espionage are now open. For those of you who went through the Seduce Your Spouse Challenge, you can get in right now at a highly discounted rate. The breakthroughs have been amazing. We are reigniting the passion in our marriages and redefining intimacy and our sexual identities in a way that allows us to reach our full potential as individuals and in our marriage. Let's keep this momentum open. If you're interested in learning more about working with me or anything about training in the art of sex espionage, please go to www.onthebrightersideofmarriage.com backslash application and sign up for a free relationship breakthrough call. Those slots will fill up fast and I look forward to hearing from you. And as always, please join us next week for another fantastic interview with one of my favorite people, Ryan Peterson. And until then, happy marriaging. If you had as much fun as we did just now, please be sure to go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, which helps others to find the show. You can also share your favorite episodes on social media. And if you want more, head over to onthebrightersideofmarriage.com and download a copy of my five things I do every day to keep my marriage sizzling hot. And until next time, have courage, be kind, and stay on the brighter side.